Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. Mariah's outside lifting, so if you hear like pounding weights, then all right, that's her. Speaking of which, I had my CrossFit Foundations class this morning. Oh, nice. How did it go? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was actually just me and the coach. Oh, okay. that's that's kind of nice. It's like one on one. Yeah. Was we it? Blew. Is it everything? Like, or do you have more more classes? Or was it just like? Did he show you all the <laughs> movements? It was like thirty minutes. Oh, geez. <laughs> but he, uh, I mean, I had told him like I've done some CrossFit stuff, and yeah. you know, I told him my my whole family's into CrossFit, but I just haven't had any kind of coaching or formal training. And I think he knew that I had an idea of how to do the lifts. So we went through all the major lifts. Mm-hmm. You know, we started the basics and then worked worked our way up. And, you know, he gave me some things to work on, some things to think about. I think he saw that I was doing them to a point where I wasn't going to kill myself. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then I did just like a little 10-minute wad. But nice. the, the coach was actually from Fort Wayne. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. What are the odds? He moved, well, he moved down to Charlotte, I think like in high school okay, or middle school. So he didn't spend a ton of time in Fort Wayne, but yeah, yeah Interesting. that's where he's from. Hmm. Is he the owner of the gym? No, he was just a coach. He was actually a new coach. He's uh, okay. he, <laughs> he didn't even really do CrossFit. He was just a, I mean, he did CrossFit, but he did mostly weightlifting. Like he actually did powerlifting competitions. That's kind of nice though. Cause a lot of like CrossFit, I don't know. I feel like a lot of powerlifters they sometimes have more like lifting knowledge than CrossFit coaches. So it's kind oh, of yeah. have to get good to have that background. Yeah. I actually kind of appreciate it because that's the one area that I actually need work. Mm-hmm. And like he was super knowledgeable on how to do the lifts appropriately and certain things to think about that I hadn't been yeah. told before, which is why I wanted a coach and why I wanted to join a gym. So, and the one thing I like about this gym is, well, they have, they have sessions like all throughout the day, mm-hmm. but they have one session called stamina where there's no lifting and it's like just cardio wads. Ooh. Is so it, if one, day, is it just like once a week they do something like that or no, there's one <coughs> class every day. That's like ah. that. It's called stamina. Okay. And so if you know, you have a day where you don't feel like lifting or maybe you're injured, it's just all cardio, non weight cardio. Nice to have that option. Is it, they have like bikes and, skis and rowers and like the yeah. whole everything yeah nice. yeah it's a it's a pretty nice gym so are you starting this week or just like do you pick when you get to start yeah i mean i signed i haven't like signed up for a uh a membership yet but mm-hmm. i signed up for tomorrow's class so i think i'm going to give it like a couple weeks and see how yeah. i like it see how i fit in i mean they they all seem like a bunch of nice people so you're gonna have some some gym intimidation going there <laughs> It is pretty intimidating going to, like, especially if you're going like by yourself to a CrossFit I know. gym. I think that was the first time I've ever experienced that. Like yeah. I've always had somebody to go with. Yeah. And so it was a little intimidating just walking in there and you know, I'm the lone wolf, <laughs> but they were, uh, they were welcoming. So yeah, I'm looking good. forward to it. That's good. It'll be, it'll be a good experience. Yeah. And it'll be fun actually working out with people. Yeah. All right. Well, Let's dive into the episode, episode eight, I believe. Nine. Nine? Okay. I think wow. it's nine. I don't know. Eight or nine. I'm cruising. The infamous number nine. 
This one is uh, is about blue lights specifically, and uh, this is one we wa- we've been wanting to do for a while. So mm-hmm. glad it kind of fell into the lineup at this point, and it was a fun one to experiment with. So excited to kind of share our results with that. Um, but yeah, before I guess we dive into like blue light specifically, it's kind of been like all the rage lately over the past I don't know three years. I feel like I've heard a lot about blue light and blue light blocking glasses. Um, so before looking at blue light specifically, yeah, I think it's a good idea to get an understanding of like what light in general is. Yeah. So I will try to give a high school level overview of what light is before getting into blue light. There's a whole spectrum of electromagnetic radiation and these are wavelengths of energy. And on that spectrum is radio waves, microwaves, infrared light, uh, you have visible light in the middle and that's what humans can see and then you have ultraviolet x-ray and gamma rays and so on that whole electro electromagnetic radiation spectrum we can only see uh, a small portion of light and light is measured in nanometers and i bring that up because we're going to reference it when we start getting into the blue light and the higher the nanometer the uh, the longer or the larger the wavelength and the less energy it, it, it emits. And the less energy it emits, yeah. So the visible light spectrum is about between, I think, 380 and 700. Yeah, 700. 780. 380 to 780 is visible light. Okay. So on the higher end of the spectrum would be uh, red light. That would be like in the 700s. And then you move down to orange, yellow, green, blue. And that's when you start getting into like the 400s and 380. Below that is when you get into ultraviolet rays, which we can't see. So I think that's important to know before we get into blue light. Now, blue light, like I said, is the shortest wavelength on the visible light spectrum. I think it's about between 380 and 500. And, you know, previously we we used to get this solely from the sun. Before we had all this technology, we get all of these different wavelengths from the sun and part of that was a blue light and we'll get into it but blue light serves a purpose like our body needs it and we used to get that primarily from the sun but now with like tvs and phones and tablets computers and other leds we get a significant amount more blue light than our bodies are used to and the reason for that is because blue light is very energy efficient Uh, I think 95% of energy emitted by blue light wavelengths or by blue wavelengths is converted to light. So it's very efficient at turning energy into light. Um, There's a guy that back in 2014 won a Nobel Prize for it on his innovation in blue light. And and this is why it's using technology. However, uh, our eyes are not very good at blocking blue light. So this is why we have these issues or these claimed issues that we're going to dig into today. Yeah, so blue light is often like associated with negative health effects. Like whenever you read an article online, it always has like a negative connotation. But we actually do need blue light for, for health reasons, and it has multiple benefits. So one of those is just it, it, it boosts alertness. Uh, it, it also helps with like memory and cognitive function. Another big one is that it elevates mood. So like you said, a lot of the blue light we get or most of the blue light we get is from the sun. 
So on days where the sun's out, generally people feel more happy. And if you go for like an extended period of time without the sun, like winters here in the Midwest, it's like gray skies for multiple weeks, if not months in a row. And then when a sunny day comes out, like you, you physically feel better. Um, there's actually, it's it, the light actually makes you feel better. So there's a lot of benefits that come from that blue light. Now I've noticed that uh, during these winter months, it's harder for me to work out in the evening. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in the summertime, I, I have a lot of energy. I'm, I'm good to go because the light's still out. So, you know, you're, you still have high energy, but the sun starts shutting down at like five or six, your body starts shutting down too. So it, yeah, it's just, it's because of that light. And then daylight saving just screws everything up. Oh. I, th- I think we just need to get rid of it. <laughs> I know. It makes no sense. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, the last benefit of blue light is it helps regulate our circadian rhythms. Um, light's a, a big factor in keeping our circadian rhythms in, in check. Uh, but there are, there are bad things that come from it when we are exposed to excessive blue light during all hours of the day. So if we're still getting blue light exposure beyond the sunset and when, when that blue light exposure is excessive, that's when these issues arise. And there's really three kind of main ones we're going to talk about here and dive into the research of. And the first one is the most important one, and that's it It disrupts our circadian rhythms. Uh, the second is that it, it can cause just discomfort, whether that's eye discomfort um, from eye strain, or maybe you get headaches when you stare at computers for a long period of time. And um, so just it can cause general discomfort from prolonged exposure. And then the third thing is, is that it may cause a degeneration of the eye. So we're going to get into the research of that one specifically because there's some interesting evidence there for that. But uh, yeah, disrupting circadian rhythm, discomfort, and degeneration of the eye. These are the three potential issues. And we're going to start with the most important one, which is it disrupts circadian rhythms. So yeah, so, so the... The circadian rhythm, uh, I think we probably mentioned it in the sleep episode, and anytime you've heard circadian rhythm, you've probably heard it in the context of sleep. But uh, a circadian rhythm is really just the changes in our body that happen in a 24-hour cycle. The sleep-wake cycle is one of them, but there are certain hormones in our body that are on their own rhythm, uh, appetite, digestion, body temperature, blood pressure, all these things have their own circadian rhythm. And... Uh, these can be influenced by external factors and the sleep wake cycle is heavily influenced by light. And a big part of that is due to uh, melatonin production. So everybody's probably heard of melatonin. You've probably seen the supplement at the store. You may have taken it when uh, you have a hard time falling asleep. Well, melatonin is a hormone that is naturally produced in our body uh, by the pineal gland. And uh, actually I've, I discovered this in my research. The pineal gland uh, also produces DMT. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So we need to find a way to jack that up. Extract just the DMT or get, yeah. get more excretion from the pineal gland. Or we can just lick some toads. What? Get some toad venom. Is that is that like a, a that's source like of ulti- it? Yeah, that's like the ultimate DMT. There's these frogs that... <laughs> I guess the coating on their their skin has like high concentrations of DMT. Is it like venomous? Like is there is it like a protective thing that they have? I, yeah, it must be. Hmm. 
I don't know, but some humans consume it. Like Mike Tyson, I think, <laughs> is big on the Toad DMT. <laughs> anyway, getting sidetracked. So, so this gland produces a melatonin. It helps regulate our circadian rhythm. So it tells our internal clock uh, when to go to sleep and when to wake up. So when the starts, when the sun starts going down, uh, the pineal gland starts to release melatonin into the blood, and that tells our body, "Hey, it's time to go to bed." And when the sun rises, uh, melatonin production starts to taper off, and so you become more alert, ready for the new day. Yeah, so so light is a big factor when it comes to melatonin production. So before I get into blue light specifically, I I just wanted to see. Let's look at light exposure in terms of impacting our circadian rhythm all light that you really would get from like a light bulb contains some element of blue light but let's just say light in general how how does that impact our sleep so i found a couple studies and there have actually been quite a few studies on this uh, one of the ones that i found was, uh, was published in 2011 and they took 104 volunteers and held them for observation over five days and they tested the timing of melatonin onset and the duration of melatonin production at different uh, brightnesses, being exposed to different light intensities. And so the individual spent two and a half days in room light. So in this case, that was about 200 lux. To give some perspective on what lux is, that's a, a way to measure brightness. Illumination is the term for it. Uh, but your... Your typical like room in your house, I guess depending on how light, how bright your light is, probably 50 to 150 maybe. Uh, an office space with the fluorescent bulbs is probably a little brighter, so maybe like 300 to 500. Uh, sunrise is like 400. And then like full daylight is like 10,000. Direct sunlight's like 100,000. So that just gives you a little range when we talk about this brightness. So in this study, they were using room light as uh, 200 lux. And I tried to figure out like actually what light bulbs did they use in the study because I was curious. And they mentioned Philips. I think I found the light bulb that they used. It was the Philips fluorescent lights. And the wavelength for that was about 480 nanometers to 570 nanometers. So on the higher end of the blue light spectrum. And then they spent, the individual spent another two and a half days in dim light at only three lux. So that's very, very dim. That's almost dark. And what they found is that for days where they were exposed to the brighter light, melatonin production started on average an hour and a half later than the days where they were only exposed to dim light. So it significantly delayed the, the production of melatonin. In fact, 99% of participants had experienced this. 103 of 104 of the participants experienced an earlier melatonin onset when they were exposed to only the dim light. Wow. That's not even like, you know, that's, that is everybody almost, which is insane. Like right. getting those kind of results. It's not just like, right, you yeah. know, 25% or 50%, like everybody except like one yeah, person. The one oddball. Yeah. And it was not even like 99% experienced a little bit of a difference. 78% experienced a shift greater than an hour. Wow. So it had a significant impact. There are, I feel like certain things that like influence people's bodies differently. Like we know people metabolize alcohol at different rates. People metabolize caffeine at different rates. Um, but like 
light has, I mean, not an equal impact on everybody, but it, it definitely does impact everybody pretty significantly. Right. Yeah. And that's what this study showed. Uh, and then there's another study that showed similar results, but they were looking at how different light intensities impacted melatonin production. Like they wanted to see if it scaled. And so this was only 23 volunteers. So again, a little smaller study, but they looked at them over nine days and they measured melatonin levels at different light intensities, ranging from 15 lux to 9,000 lux. And what they found is this large inflection point between 50 lux and 600 lux. So there's a huge, like between 50 and 600, there's a huge spike in melatonin suppression. Once you hit about 600, it didn't, it's like your melatonin was already suppressed. It wasn't going to lower production any more than it already had. And then they noticed between zero and 50, there wasn't a huge, uh, there wasn't like a huge spike between those two. But what they did say is that this indicates that the human circadian rhythm is highly sensitive to ordinary room light and that minor changes in room light intensity could have a major impact on the human circadian rhythm. So that just kind of reaffirms what the first study said in terms of how different brightnesses can impact our circadian rhythm. And, and there are several studies. I just picked two. There are several studies going back as far as the 90s that talk about this. So that's just light in general. Uh, then I wanted to look at blue light because that's, like you said, that's kind of been the rage. Everybody's talking about avoid blue light, wear glasses. And so I wanted to see how this compared. And there was a study that was published in the Journal of Neuroscience in 2011 uh, with 72 people. And these subjects were exposed to various wavelengths of light at night between 420 nanometers and 600 nanometers. So remember, blue light's about 380 to 500, and the red light on the very high end of the spectrum is 700 to 780 would be like red light. So this was between 420 and 600. Melatonin levels were tested after exposure, and what they found was that between 446 and 477 nanometers was the most potent in terms of melatonin suppression, and that's right there in the middle of blue light. And it was a pretty clear difference between that and the higher end of the spectrum. No, I mean, that's really like fascinating research is how, you know, it's not just one person experiencing this. It's, it's typically like the whole group sees a significant impact. And we'll get into um, some things later in the episode, providing some like recommendations on how to avoid your melatonin from being suppressed. And yeah, especially in, in today's society, when when you know you're at work all day on your computer and then you go home and a lot of people are relaxed by watching Netflix or being on their phone. So right. there are there are measures you can take to prevent melatonin from being suppressed. Yeah. And really what I got out of all of this, these studies that I looked at is all wavelengths are not created equal in their impact on melatonin production. Blue light is definitely the most powerful at suppressing melatonin, but the longer the longer wavelengths still have an influence but not as significant. And it's unfortunate, like you had mentioned, most of most of what we're doing at night before bed is looking at screens and screens emit a significant amount of blue light. Right. And so it's kind of a recipe for disaster when it comes to sleep. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, so the next thing we want to dive into here, we'll go through these next two points pretty quickly, but this is just that excessive blue light can cause eye discomfort and potential degeneration of the eye. So We'll start with the discomfort, and this is basically just anyone who has worked at a desk or st has stared at a computer or even a TV for a prolonged period of time 
and you feel uh, your eyes get blurry, they get dry, they just feel strained in general, or maybe you get headaches. Uh, this is just, just general discomfort from staring at screens. Most people have experienced this to some degree. And the blue light is is the reason for this. Now, blue light, like we said earlier, has much shorter waves and they're very high in energy. And because of the way the waves are, they the light of blue light scatters much more quickly and easily than any other light. So it mm. makes it very challenging for the eye to focus on a single point on a screen so typically when we're looking at a screen we're like reading something or like we're watching something at a specific point and if a lot of blue light is coming from that it's very challenging for the eye to focus so it's actually easier if the screen is like tinted red or orange it takes a lot less effort for the eye to focus so that's just the reason that you experience discomfort and that's also why so many companies out there are now selling blue light blocking glasses. You mm -hmm. see like the or computer glasses, kind of what they're also called. I think like Felix Gray and Gunner are two like popular brands I've seen that market like on Instagram. So that's why uh, it's it causes strain. And again, we're going to later in the episode get into kind of things you can take if you're experiencing discomfort and how to avoid it. Uh, but the, the last thing here we want to get into with blue light is that it may cause degeneration of the eye or specifically of the retina. And quick overview of kind of the eye here before we dive into this, just so you understand the anatomy and what's happening here with the response to blue light. So the cornea of the eye is the outermost part of the eye. It's the clear part. And then behind that is the pupil and the iris. The pupil is the, the black center of the eye, which is where light enters in. And then the iris is the, the colored portion around the eye, which is controls the um, opening and closing of the pupil. So it determines how much light actually gets into the eye. Behind those two is the lens, which is uh, what focuses light back into the retina. And the retina is just the lining at the back of the eye, which is essentially like responsible for detecting light. Uh, the last thing here is the macula, which the macula is a part of the retina. And it's just responsible for basically our clear, straightforward vision. So when you're looking straight ahead at something and uh, looking at it in detail, that's the macula working, which is a, a part of the retina. Okay. So you're talking a lot about like eye biology here. And one thing that I came across and I'm wondering if you saw it as well, is something about how ultraviolet rays that we, you know, we get from the sun, you know, we try to block them as much as we can. Like there's windshields, we have glasses and that's good, but our eye is actually pretty good at blocking UV light. Like I think it blocks like 99%. Yeah, most of most of the UV rays, which come from the sun, obviously don't get back to the retina. Um, so the 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 cornea and the um, just I think it's the the lens as well are are very efficient at blocking UV rays. So very very few of those rays actually make it back to the retina. When they're they not do saying you should look at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's still you still want to block the UV rays because they're even a little light that does come through is damaging, but the eye is already naturally very good at blocking it. Right. But yeah, we still wear 100% UV ray protection sunglasses and you, you should be wearing those. But 
the reason people speculate that blue light causes damage to the retina is that all blue light reaches back to the retina. It does not, our eye is not, does not block it at all. And if you look on the radiation spectrum, blue light is very close to UV rays. So the, the, uh, the wavelengths and the energy are pretty close to each other. So that's why people speculate that blue light reaching the retina can cause damage. Um, so I dove into some studies just to see kind of, is this something we need to worry about? Like, should we not be using our computers so often? Should we not be looking at TVs, especially late into the night? Is that, is that damaging our eye? Uh, first I'm going to get into, uh, some studies showing where, where this did damage the eye. And these are kind of extreme situations. So they're not necessarily kind of, they don't necessarily relate to us. So one study was done on rats where they took three groups of rats. One was exposed to, this is a seven day experiment. One was exposed to no light. Another group was exposed to light that was fil- that had a blue light filter over it and it filtered 94% of all blue light. And then the third group was exposed to light for seven days straight. And it was like very high level light. It was like 5,000 lux, I want to say. Okay. Which, wow. um, which is pretty bright, especially for little rodents. And mm-hmm. it was seven days straight, nonstop. So a very extreme situation. Nothing that we <laughs> experience. Um, right. But in that case, the rats with seven days constant exposure did show uh, macular degeneration. So cells in the retina and the macula were were dying off. So that was interesting. But again, this was an extreme, extreme case that humans don't experience. Like the sun is obviously our main source of blue light, but that's only up for 12 hours in a day. And then we go inside and we're looking at screens and phones, which have a very, very low level of light. So um, like your average, I think you said this, like your average room, like living room light is like 50 lux. So these rats were exposed to 5,000 for seven days straight. Not something that we would ever experience. Yeah, 5,000 is probably like a really sunny day and you're you're sitting out there for seven days straight with yeah, your, it, you know. Yeah, probably not direct sunlight, but yeah, from indirect yeah, sunlight. Direct sunlight. I think like full daylight would be like 10,000. I think an overcast day would be 1,000. So somewhere in the middle there. So, I mean, it was pretty bright. <laughs> I just spilled water myself. Oh, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I do that like every day at work. This Yeti, I just miss my mouth. <laughs> probably like twice a day I miss my mouth with Dude, it. Dude, I do that all the time too. I don't even know how it happens. Yeah. Or I'll, like throw the water in my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just in a meeting today, and it, like a big con- at a big conference table, and it happened oh, to me. How embarrassing! Uh, I'm just used to it now. Um. Anyway, the yeah. So the rat study, pretty extreme case. A few other studies. There was a um, uh, a meta analysis conducted, and this wasn't looking at just blue light. This was looking at all light and or actually sunlight. So yes, blue light included, but all light in general. And they, it was epidemiological studies. I think the meta-analysis was a group of 15 studies and they were, they were simply correlating sunlight exposure to AMD. AMD is age-related macular degeneration, which 
is the most common eye, um, if you want to call it a disease, the most common eye disease. It's just simply vision loss. So anyone who's wearing like contacts, like I have contacts, it's it's just generally defined as age-related macular degeneration. So they just they were looking at people's exposure to sunlight and um, and age-related macular degeneration, and and in this case they found a, a correlation to the two. So people who had prolonged exposure to the sun generally had more um, degeneration in their retina in their macula. So again, that was an epidemiological study, and um, that was for just overall sunlight exposure. And it was also kind of extreme situations of people being out in the sunlight for long periods of time. And, and this would have been like surveys, right? They just would surveys, send surveys yeah. to people, basically yeah. just asking people, like on average, how many days a week do you spend in the sun? How many hours do you spend in the sun? So simple questions like that, um, and not taking into account their health. Uh, anything about their diet so yeah these were two situations that are fairly fairly extreme uh both being exposed to high levels of light for long periods of time so the question at hand is does blue light specifically blue light with our electronics that we're holding looking at late into the night are these causing eye damage and and the research on that is shows that there's almost no evidence to suggest that our electronic devices are causing degeneration of the eye. Now, the sunlight is is so bright. Like you said with the, the Lux, I think you said direct sunlight was 100,000 Lux. Uh, indirect sunlight is thousands and thousands of Lux. Whereas like our devices, I mean, they're so low powered and very little light is being emitted from them that there's there's no current evidence to date suggesting our TVs, our, our, our MacBooks, our iPhones are damaging our eyes. So there was a uh, MD and PhD of Harvard said no evidence suggests that blue light from consumer to consumer electronics will cause or accelerate macular degeneration. Uh, there's a professor of King's College of London. I've never heard of that. He's also the chair of ophthalmology there. Um, and both of these are from articles within the articles they cited various studies. I'm not getting into the studies. I'm just providing an overview of kind of what these professors, researchers, and experts said. And and the professor said that damage from light is related to how bright that light is. And blue light emitted from LED screens is very dim with levels estimated at 1% of that, which would cause damage. So, Light in general, yeah, it can cause damage, but the LED lights that our screens use, it's 1% of the light needed to cause damage to the eye. Hmm. And he says, we therefore think that the blue light from screens is harmless for the vast majority of the population. So Interesting. So the, so the blue light itself from the devices doesn't seem to be causing damage to our eye. The biggest detriment is probably from, well, number one, impact on sleep, and then eye strain i guess yeah yeah a lot of people struggle with the eye strain but true true degeneration of the eye like cells actually dying in the eye there's just no evidence currently suggesting that our our electronic devices are causing that interesting yeah i mean i guess that's good yeah i mean that's not to say you know 
go watch Netflix for three hours before bed on full brightness, like that's going to affect your sleep. Um, I mean, it's, it's just good to know that it, it's not physically harming or damaging our eyes. Yeah, I guess one way you could look at it is indirectly looking at your phone full brightness before bed. It's going to decrease your quality of sleep, which we know that lack of sleep accelerates aging. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean you, you could look at it that way. That's true. Like indirectly, it does affect you. But um, so like, yeah, your poor, poor nutrition and just poor lifestyle is going to cause it's going to cause you to die quicker. And one way to do that is by sitting on your phone all day. So right. <laughs> indirectly, right. it could harm your eyes, I guess. Right. right. Um, so now we looked at the research. We experimented ourselves. And uh, this was a fun one because we got to kind of use different things like blue light blocking glasses, different types of electronics to kind of control our environment. And we basically did, we did seven days without blocking any blue light whatsoever in our environment. Not, not turning lights off before bed, not dimming our, our phone screens. I know no limiting whatsoever. And then after that, we did seven days of blocking as much blue light as possible, um, specifically leading up to bed. Yeah. It, yeah. It was fun. Um, being able to use these glasses now, I will say the first seven days where we didn't filter anything was kind of rough. Like just because it was such a shock to my eye. Cause normally I always have like some sort of dim filter on my phone or my computer. Mm-hmm. And when I was working late at night, I mean, I, I took that off completely. So it was a little jolting to my eyes. Yeah, no, I experienced the same thing. My computer, I have like two, two screens at work with my computer and I work in like basically surrounded by windows. So I get a lot of natural light, which is nice. And then my, so I keep my screens dim and then I, I turn the, I think it's a windows and on windows it's called nightlight. So it, it basically turns your screen orange and I keep, I keep my screen pretty orange just in general. It's, it's easier for me to look at. So I turn that off and I kept the brightness to its normal, like all the way up. And that first, it was just like first thing in the morning, I was just like blasted with that light. And yeah, it was the first, it took me two full days to like adapt to where my eyes weren't like physically strained. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah, surprisingly, uh, the, the sleep wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Do you want to talk about your results like before and after? Yeah. So with the sleep specifically, there wasn't much change in in quality of sleep so the the deep sleep the REM and the light sleep the percentages of those were almost identical from the first seven days to the next seven there was like two to three percent changes overall but it was very minimal the biggest change that I noticed was my time the time that I went to bed so just in general my bedtime is like I don't know 845 to 945 and just sometime in that period I I get tired and I go to sleep. So typically it's somewhere in that range and these 2 weeks were pretty consistent so no different but just on average I went to bed 20 minutes earlier uh when I was not exposed to blue light than when I was exposed. Yeah, my results were almost identical. In terms of sleep stages, like percentage of time that I spent in deep versus REM versus light, 
almost identical. It was like 1%. So obviously not statistically significant, but like you, my bedtime was about 25 minutes earlier on average when I used the blue light blockers versus when I did not. Now they were two pretty standard weeks for me. Like I didn't have anything crazy going on. My schedule was pretty normal between the two. I mean, I guess you could say maybe I just felt like going to bed earlier. Maybe one night I stayed up super late, but I really do attribute it to using those glasses because it honestly feels like you're taking melatonin. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Like I noticed after I put them on, I think it was about, I tried to time it to where it was like two hours before bedtime. I would put those on and within like an hour afterwards, like you feel like you, you feel like you just took a melatonin. Like you, yeah, you're so sleepy and drowsy in your eyes it's so comfortable putting them on too because it is it it honestly just like relaxes your eyes and your mind and it really just starts preparing your body for bed yeah and i put mine on i tried to put them on as kind of the sun was going down i probably put them on around 6 30 or 7 Mm -hmm. which was like three hours before bed and i mean when i take those off to go to bed i'm like ready to fall asleep immediately Yeah, I kind of expected my the quality of my sleep to change a little bit, um, but that's not really. It basically what it just does is it just delays, like blue light just delays your whole your whole sleeping cycle. It just it just shifts it all if you are exposed too late in the day. Yeah, one one interesting thing. Now you know me and Katie are. I mean, we're two different people, but it was interesting because we go to bed at the same time, and I would be like ready to fall asleep, and she would be. Like wide awake. Yeah. Like a couple of times she's like, I'm not even tired. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm half asleep right now. Yeah. So we're, we're going to get her some blue light blockers. But it's it really is like magic. Yeah. No, Mariah, Mariah tried mine on and she was amazed by that. Because she takes she takes melatonin fairly often because she, tr- she struggles to fall asleep. But once she's asleep, like she is out. She like sleeps all the way through the night and could sleep late into the morning. So she, she's somebody who struggles with falling asleep. Whereas me, I just typically most nights I fall asleep. Like no matter what I was doing beforehand, I fall asleep quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to get her a pair as well. Cause I think she'd really benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. Just you're ready for bed. And I mean, like the study show and like we experience it, I think it bumps up your melatonin. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. couple of recommendations to close things out. So provide a few recommendations around uh, circadian rhythms, around discomfort, um, kind of the two main things here with, uh, with blue light. Basically, just remember that all light in general does delay melatonin production. It's not, it's not just blue light. All light, even your living room lights, they will delay melatonin production. Blue light just does it at a greater effect. So just do your best to limit exposure to any light two hours before your bedtime. So if you typically go to bed at nine, which is around my bedtime at seven, just do take all the steps you can to basically see as little light as possible and and mimic kind of what's going on outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good advice. And it's hard, especially when we're so busy these days and, you know, people come home and, you know, they say, Hey, that's my time to relax after working. I, I watch TV or play video games or whatever. Um, you can use certain filters that will at least reduce the effects of that. Don't, you don't have to turn on every single light in your house. You know, maybe start dimming them if you have the ability to do that or start turning some off. 
and and there are some filters. So I found this thing. I, I haven't used it. It's a blue light blocking TV box. You connect it to your TV and it eliminates all the blue light. It's called Drift TV. Hmm. Uh, you can look on Amazon. I mean, it's not cheap. It's like 130 bucks, but that's one option. And uh, the phone hack, the iPhone hack, we mentioned this. Well, it's not a hack. It's a setting, but... <laughs> we mentioned this in the sleep episode on a, a red filter that you can put on your phone that takes out all the blue light so there just to clarify there all almost all devices these days have like a night mode so like the macbook windows computers i i don't know but i think android phones do as well and definitely the iphone it has they all have night modes where it shifts the screen to be like an orangish tint and you can usually control how orange you want it even if you turn it all the way orange you're still getting blue light at that point. So yeah, that is not, that is not like this filter that we're and, talking about. And that, that is still beneficial to do that. No, it is, but yeah. not as beneficial as, as the red filter you're talking about. Yeah. So the red filter that they actually changed it with the recent update for uh, iOS, they changed where it is, but uh, you can get to it. If you go into your iPhone settings, accessibility, and then display and text size, and there will be a, a line in there that says color filters. And if you go in there, you can just flip it on. And you can actually make it a shortcut, which is really nice, where you just hit your phone, your uh, your home button three times, and it turns it on. So I don't yeah. have to go in every time. I love that shortcut. I know. I love that. If like you have now, like a, a newer phone, it's the power button. Hit the power button like three times. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. Um, what What other tech tips do you have? Um, so for dimming lights, I like this one a lot. So I have the Philips Hue lights. And so most lights just in general don't dim. Like if you just kind of have your average overhead light or average table light, it just, it's either on or off. So we have Philips Hue lights where I can control the, the dimness and there's actually colored Hue lights as well, which I don't have those, but you can get colored Hue lights that turn red. So if you really want to take things to the extreme, get those smart lights and have them turn red at sunset. That's an option. Yeah. And, um, I, I haven't done this yet, but one recommendation is put those in your bedroom or Or in a bath, your your bedroom bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you, if you get up in the middle of the night, I mean, I don't turn the light on. I kind (laughs) of just hope for the best, but, um, if you are going to like turn a light on, you know, it's best to use a red light so you don't disrupt your, your sleep more than you need to. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So putting filters on your screen devices, dimming the lights in your home, or if you don't want to do those things, you can just get blue light blocking glasses. So there are different types. There are, there are cheaper versions that you can get like on Amazon. And most of those are just, uh, colored lenses so they're essentially just making everything darker and that will help to a degree, but they're not truly filtering out the blue light to get glasses that truly filter out the 380 to 500 nanometer um, light is they're usually like a little bit more expensive. So I think that the cheapest pair you can get is around $80. Um, we have uh, raw optics. So these yeah, I don't have mine next to me now. Yeah, uh, these ones are... I think 130 so they're a little expensive but they block out 
all blue light completely. So good investment. Um, yeah, like the ones on Amazon, they will help, but these are just going to be much more effective at blocking out blue light. Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. I mean, I think they're well worth the investment if you can afford it. I mean, you just get you're so much ready for bed. And yeah, I mean, you save time like yeah. that you would because you might just be laying there trying to fall asleep. Um, uh, and they're uh, HSA, FSA uh, eligible. Fun fact. Oh, so yeah, I bought, yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, I got these with my HSA dollar. So basically, it's All not right. even your own, it's not even your own money. Yeah, so use your HSA if you have one. Uh, Final thing here. So just if you want to prevent discomfort, similarly, there's... So these ones are... These are nighttime blue light blocking glasses. They're like orangish, reddish. Then, like I said, there's there's daytime blue light blocking glasses, which are typically just called computer glasses. So if you're struggling with like eye strain, try out those those ones. Uh, I know like Felix Gray and Gunner have two pretty decent pair. Um... I know Raw Optics has a daytime uh, version that I would definitely recommend. So if you're just struggling with general discomfort, try uh, try some blue light glasses or even keep your screens dim during the day. Like at work, I keep my computer screen orange um, and my I, I keep it. I don't keep the dimness all the way down. I just keep it orange, which helps me uh, focus a lot better. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we did a or Aaron did an IGTV video on this comparing talking about some of the different glasses. So go check that out. It was pretty informative and we'll post some links in the show notes to where you can get these. Um, But yeah, very, very effective. All right. Anything else? Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Stay healthy, everyone. Sweet dreams. 